All right. Welcome back to Bible Braced, Lesson 6. As always, if you have not been following along with us with our different lessons, please go back and listen to Intro to Bible Study and then follow up with Lessons 1 through 5, and that will get you caught up as we are going verse by verse through the book of John, the Gospel of John. So where we left off last week, we are getting into verses 6 plus in John chapter 1, and we're talking about a John, but a different John. We're talking about John the Baptist as he's been come to be known um, throughout the the ministry of John and then of Jesus. So John the Baptist, we went to Matthew to try to see if we could find some more stuff out about him since it's another gospel. We wrote down Matthew chapter three for further study because it's him as an adult once he's established his ministry. And then we went to Mark 1, and we saw, again, John the Baptist as an adult, so we wrote that down for further study. And then we wrote down Isaiah 40, verse 3, because it's a prophetic passage that has to do with someone who would come and prepare the way of the Lord and the intentionality regarding John the Baptist's birth. And then we went to Luke. In Luke 1, we have discovered so far that Zechariah and Elizabeth were both faithful people who were followers of God in the ways that they knew how to be, following the law that was established in that time period. And um, they were active in the temple and in worship. And Zechariah, as a member of the tribe of Levi, as a priest of the order of Abijah, actually was chosen to burn incense. A lot was cast and he went in, which we can know that, you know, in this scenario, it seemed chance that he was the one who went in to burn incense. But God intentionally chose this time period and this place for the angel to appear to Zechariah when he's in the temple, when he's on his own. Who knows why that was significant? Um, we can we can guess, you know, why that would be a good place for this to happen. Um, maybe he would have given more weight to the words of the angel if they were happening in the temple and he knew he could trust that this was God's place. And who knows? I mean, it's interesting to get, think about a little bit speculatively, but um, this intentionality God had in having Zechariah by chance, quotation marks, um, come to be the one burning incense at this time period in this year. And he tells Zechariah, listen, you're going to have a child. What's interesting about verse 13, the angel says to him, don't be afraid, which Zechariah had appropriate fear seeing this heavenly being, right? He's terrified. Um, Side note, when people say someone looks like an angel, I don't think they really understand the biblical idea of what an angel is like because they they are scary. (laughs) So just a side note, I had someone at work one time tell me I had the voice of an angel and I was like, you mean I strike fear and terror into into those who hear me? You know, what we say is important. And for some reason, angels have lost uh, what they actually are in the modern world. They are terrifying messengers of God, or they are those who have turned away from God, and they are fallen angels, and they are scary, and they are not of this world, and they are powerful, and we would be on our faces if we saw one. So I think that we need to understand these are created beings that are before the face of God, and... uh Yes, they are. They are not sweet little docile things. So, um, so the, he sees the angel. Fear falls on him, and the angel says, "Don't be afraid, Zechariah." I love that. I love how often in Scripture you see a messenger sent from God. Sometimes, potentially, even you know the angel, of the Lord, or it's Jesus, pre-incarnate Christ Himself, saying, "Hey, don't be afraid. 
um, or even in Revelation, which we won't get into that as kind of a rabbit trail, but John, who wrote Revelation also, the Gospel of John writer, also wrote the book of Revelation, and he sees Jesus in heaven, the resurrected Christ, and he is terrified. And John is told by Jesus, don't be afraid. And I just love that. I love that we are told again and again and again from scripture, from these messengers from God, or even from God himself, don't fear. You know, a fear is an appropriate response as a human looking at something so powerful and so amazing and incredible, but we are told not to fear. And when it's just an angel and someone is falling down and worshiping them because they're so scared, they, the person is told not to worship them either because they're, they're not the object of worship. So kind of a caveat for this angel, but don't be afraid, Zachariah, your prayer has been heard and your wife, Elizabeth will bear a son and you will call his name, John. Now I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to assume that Zachariah and Elizabeth had not recently prayed for a child. <laughs> They're both very advanced in years. And we see from Zachariah later in the passage that he's like, how will I know that this is going to happen? Because we're both old, right? My wife is very advanced in years. And I just think it's interesting that they most likely prayed for a child, maybe even for decades, when they knew that it was a possibility and then it sounds like at least they'd given up hope that they would have a child and they had resigned themselves to what God's will was for them. And here, now that they're into their old age and an angel shows up and is like, hey, your prayers are answered. We're going to give you a baby. <laughs> you know, It just is kind of great, isn't it? Because our timeline is so different from God's timeline. And we think, oh, that's not what I wanted. Uh, I wanted it back then. Well, God knew when it needed to happen. And he allowed them to go all these years of childbearing without having a child. Probably, we can assume, because it is going to be so much more of a miraculous event, so much more of a sign that God is involved in this birth when they conceive and bring John into the world as you know, something that really shouldn't be happening because they're both very advanced in years. And this kind of reminds me of Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and just how the lack of faith there and we give them a hard time. But when you look at Abraham and or Abram at the time originally when he was getting these promises from the Lord, he's being told over and over again, I'm going to produce children from you. I'm going to give you as many descendants as the sand of the sea. And you see them take matters into their own hands. And, you know, that's how Ishmael came to be born and all that. But when you study the timeline for when God is showing up, making these promises, there are years and years and years and years in between, you know, and a significant amount of time is going on. And these people are waiting for God to act. And I think sometimes we can be like that where we expect God to respond in a certain time period. Like, God, I'm having a crisis right now. I need you to reach down and answer me right now. And God is saying, I have a plan for this, but it's not your timeline. And my way's better. So you just need to chill out, <laughs> you know, my interpretation. Um, but you know, this is this is, I'm sure, not what they envisioned as having a child in their old age. But God was using their lack of child and their prayers to produce eventually his will in their lives. And that's actually really beautiful that he hears these prayers. And even if we don't like his answer of wait 
or no or yes, but not the way we thought it was going to look, right? He's still intentional and involved and he is going to work out his best plan. And that there's a sweetness to that, that this is actually an answer to their prayers, probably from years and years and years before, but God was waiting for the appropriate time to answer. And how often do we miss out on what God's good plan is for us, his better plan, because we get impatient and tired of waiting. And so we just act and we do with some, you know, phony substitute or we break our hearts chasing after all these other possibilities because we're not willing to wait on the Lord and on his will for us and on his timing. So here um, he says, you will call his name, John, you will experience joy and exaltation and many will rejoice at his birth. It's going to be a miraculous thing. It's going to be an exciting thing for them to finally have a child for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And he must never drink wine or strong drink. And other interpretations would say, the Lexham English Bible says, or beer. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while he is still in his mother's womb. This is very unique. John the Baptist is the only one that's mentioned in scripture that I can think of. I mean, right now, I'm pretty sure I'm right. (laughs) He's the only one who's mentioned as having the, the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit while he's in the womb. That is so interesting to me because we know that he is not a ch- right now he's not choosing as a as a preborn infant, right? As a baby that is still in the womb. He is not choosing to follow after God. He is not making that conscious decision. And so how this plays out is very interesting. We know it's not the norm, right? This is a miraculous birth. Um, It was a very intentional sign for the people at that time period that John was special. And the fact that he'd be filled with the Holy Spirit while in the womb is also significant. We know from other scripture that we are given free will. We're given the opportunity to choose God and to choose if we will participate with what he has called us to. And so it's not like John the Baptist didn't have the opportunity to be something else and that God like made him be this messenger, but there's a very intentional sign on him, even as a child in the womb, that this man is set apart and that he has a calling from God. Um, You know, I think of that passage from Jeremiah where God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and I made you a prophet for the nations. Oh, what is that chapter? Let's look it up real quick together. Jeremiah 1, 5. We go there quickly. Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you came out from the womb, I consecrated you. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. That is really interesting. This is a similar wording for the way that John's talked about here. And so you see, again, the intentionality behind God saying, this is someone that I've set aside for my work. Um, This is someone I have intentionally called to this work. And I think as we see with Jonah, you can be intentionally called to a work of God and you can resist it, right? So we always have a choice. It's not like we are automatons, automatons. (laughs) We always have a choice. And I think that John the Baptist is just very interesting here as we look at him as a baby, even being set aside and called for the work of the Lord. And he would be, even from a child, they would know that he would never drink anything that had alcohol in it, which that's this time period would have been very difficult because they often used wine mixed with water to act as 
like an antibacterial effect. So the water was safer to drink if you study the culture of that time period. So not drinking wine or strong drink would have been very difficult. And so there was intentionality to that, that he was abstaining from this because he was not going to be even remotely controlled by anything but the Holy Spirit. So very, very interesting. Lots of symbolism in this passage. All right. So going back to, we're in Luke 1. At the end of this here, he will turn many of the sons of Israel to the Lord, their God, verse 16 and 17. And he will go on before him and the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to prepare for the Lord, a people made ready. So we're going to dig into this passage a little bit more because we want to understand if we go back to verse six in our John one passage, we want to understand who this man is that was sent from God, right? Um, before we get into his ministry a little bit more. So Zechariah says to the angel in verse 18, by what will I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. That's a fair question. But one must also say, well, Zechariah, there's an angel talking to you right now. <laughs> um, can't, uh, that's that's a sign, right? I I would think that that would be enough for me, but I don't know. I have to remind myself all the time of what God has done in my life and what he's actively doing in my life because my faith is small. So we don't want to give Zechariah too hard of a time, but I do think it's pretty funny that it says, and Zechariah says to the angel, by what will I know this? (laughs) I mean, you're talking to an angel, Zechariah. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Uh, My wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, and this is where things get serious. Okay. Because this, we laugh at this and I, I want us to think about what he's saying and why he's saying it, which is why I kind of poked at that a little bit. But, you know, really at the end of the day, God has sent an angel to him to give him a message directly from him. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Wow. And Zachariah is still doubting and goodness, you know, like what more do you want, my friend? And here the angel says, and we know it's Gabriel which is kind of terrifying. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to announce to you this good news. So that in of itself is scary. I can imagine the force with which this was said and how even more terrifying it would have been to have the angel go from like a joyful message to being like, listen, you don't even realize who you're talking to. And we know that this angel is not reacting out of like pride for himself. He's talking about, I stand in the presence of God. Like I was sent from God to tell you this. Like I was sent to announce you this good news. We know Gabriel is the same angel who announces to Mary that she's going to have the Messiah. Like this is a big deal that Zachariah is getting this from God, this messenger from the Lord. And it's interesting too, that God sends the angel to Zachariah and not to Elizabeth. That's interesting because Mary is receiving the message before Joseph is in the story of Jesus. That is an interesting topic for further study too, to contrast those two things. So he says, behold, you will be silent and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Wow. I mean, can you imagine? That <sighs> just like 
makes you feel what probably some of what Zachariah felt as he realized that his lack of faith meant he was going to miss out on being able to share verbally and all the excitement over Elizabeth finding out she's pregnant and having this pregnancy, this long pregnancy time of nine months plus, probably who knows how quickly she got pregnant after this. And then the baby is born and he is silent the whole time, again, as another sign of what is occurring, but also as really punishment for his lack of faith. And so that's interesting too. Oh my goodness. We already have to stop the lesson. (laughs) We will pick up back here in lesson seven. So I hope you guys are encouraged by this. I hope you are excited about seeing this passage, maybe from a slightly different light. We're not just reading over it quickly. We're trying to really get down and understand these people that really lived and really had a mission from God and why were they here and what was the significance of it. And so I hope you guys are encouraged by this as much as I am. So love you ladies until next time.